We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, we're going to be switching to the National League, looking at one under-discussed prospect per team on that side of things. I just got back last night from my uh, road trip. You know, the the actual driving part was pretty miserable, just especially yesterday because I was caught in rain from like Ohio to uh, basically to Illinois, like <laughs> six hours in the pouring rain. But, you know, the actual time with my family was fantastic. How are you today? How How's your week been? Uh, anything new with you? Uh, not really. I mean, I've been uh, doing some fantasy basketball draft and holds that have been pretty exciting and i've been working on the final update to the top 400 prospect rankings um those will be up before next week's show which will be our final show together of the season so uh exciting stuff i mean i'm uh really just kind of praying for the end of the mlb season and hoping that i do not fall any further in the standings in any of my leagues and can walk away with some cash here, but it's just been really, uh, really nerve wracking. Um, just sort of seems like, like all my teams peaked in the standings in like mid August. And it's just been a, a struggle since then to just cling on to, to some caching spots. So um, just really kind of stressing over that, but try to find ways to distract myself. Yeah. I honestly haven't really assessed the damage over the last week yet, but I imagine I've been tumbling further down my standings. So that's, you know, it's been, it's kind of been a tough year. I, I saw Phil DeSoe's tweet. What an amazing year he's had. And um, obviously never, not coming. I've never come anywhere close to that in a year, but just this year was a little off. Uh, hope to hope to maybe get back on track. 
next year. Still, still in the hunt for an eater spot and stake, and still in the, in the hunt for, um, I guess it'd be FSGA Champions League. But I did fall to Ariel Cohen. Want to tip my cap to him and Tower Wars head to head semifinal matchup. It was a two week matchup, and he took me down. And so, just want to give him some love. It was a well deserved win for him. Mentioned my time with uh, my family, man. I got to see my my nephew on the baseball field. It just was uh, fantastic. He's like, I'm not even kidding. I'm just saying this because he's my nephew, but he's got for a seven year old like an uh, probably a seventy hit tool. Nice. Like every time he was up to bat, it was uh, now uh, that's a hit, and uh, he was three for three. So that was really really pretty awesome. We got to Nationals Park, uh, missed the Brendan Rodgers homer to kick that game off but then we saw i think we saw story homer later in that game so it was a fantastic trip got to listen to a ton of music on the way and uh i have a pretty pretty nasty walk-up song that we're gonna add to the playlist that my brother turned me on to he's really been uh he's he's turned me on to most of the, the good hip-hop music i've heard in my life and this one is nice. no different you'll uh if you listen to the song later little reveal big reveal later um they'll be thanking me but you'll also be cursing me because you'll have listened to it a million times by the time we come on next week for the final regular regularly scheduled prospect pod of the year but james anything you want to mention before we get into the under discussed prospects in the national league just a recap, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we, we did the American League uh, last week, and so we're just going team by team here. Um, I tried to find someone in each org who, you know, they could be, you know, there's one guy who just graduated, uh, lost his prospect eligibility, but who I thought deserved a, a shout out. And then there's like another guy who's in the top 30, but then you've got other guys who are uh, not even in the top 400, so just a wide range of uh, prospect levels here in terms of just whether or not they are viable in your format or whatever leagues you're playing in. But uh, hopefully there's something here for everyone. And just wanted to highlight 15 guys who uh, maybe we've mentioned them maybe in passing, maybe we've mentioned them a little bit, uh, but just we probably haven't talked about them enough uh, regardless. So um, wanted to kind of get a get a shout out to all 15 of these guys before uh the end of our our season absolutely by the way did you get eyes on shane boz by chance so i didn't uh, yeah see really any any of them so, yeah so, i mean he's gonna be yeah. really expensive in redraft weeks next year <laughs> yeah by the way jason Klett's gonna be coming on the friday show filling in for uh todd zola and he's of course a big rays fan so Looking forward to getting his firsthand thoughts, seeing if he'll be in at what will probably be a inflated draft cost next year. But let's start uh, with the Diamondbacks in the National League, James. Buddy Kennedy, third baseman, 22 years old, double A. Um, what do you think? Is this guy – I mean, it seems like it's about – maybe you could argue it's he's a little old for the level, but is, is what he's doing mostly legit? Yeah, I mean, he is a little old for the level, but, well, and he was a little, I mean, he opened the year at, at high A where he was quite old for the level, but uh, Buddy Kennedy's he's sort of been a guy who's been on and off the top 400 uh, since 
entering pro ball in 2017. He uh, famously is, uh, I, I don't know if he's friends with Mike Trout, but he's like from where Mike Trout's from and like has, has worked out with him in the past. And um, He is kind of a, a bat, you know, bat only, bat first type of guy, uh, plays um, third base, you know, he could maybe play second base, maybe play DH, but it's really kind of all about the bat with him. And uh, the one thing that, uh, you know, that I don't love is the, the hard hit data on him isn't amazing, uh, at least the stuff that we have on the site. And you would, you'd hope it would be for a guy with his profile, but you really can't argue with his production at, at every level he's been to. He's been uh, above league average at every level. Uh, you know, it's, he's usually been at least 20% better than league average. And uh, he's really good at, at using the whole field, um, getting the ball in the air. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really buy, you know, he's got 16 steals this season. I don't buy that as a part of his game at all in the majors, but I think the power is, you know, maybe above average power. And then I guess the hope with him is that it's an above average to plus hit tool. Uh, so the fact that he has 66 games under his belt at double a, maybe he opens next year, triple a, and uh, could be an option for the big league club at some point next season. So buddy Kennedy, uh, Cal Raleigh just graduated. So I added buddy Kennedy to the bottom of the top 400. Um, he's, a guy who, who might be inside the top 300 or so on the next update, but um, you know, just given the proximity, given the track record of success, I think he's pretty interesting. This topic today is under discussed prospects in the national league, but Vaughn Grissom of Atlanta, I don't know if we've talked about him really at all. If we have, I just forget, but 20 years old. What can you tell us about this kid? Looks like he can play pretty much anywhere in the infield. Yeah, he was a guy that jumped out to me uh, right away after he was drafted in 2019 because he that was a year where the where Atlanta uh, they they really spread their money around and, and signed a lot of guys, including Michael Harris, uh, in those middle rounds where you know they they paid those guys away from going to college. Uh, Grissom obviously does not have the um, hype around him that that Michael Harris does, but He's really performed at every level. Um, this year, he, he opened the year at, at low A. What really stood out there was with the hit tool, the, the contact skill, the um, patient approach. Uh, hit 311 there with a 402 OBP. A um, little bit of power, a little bit of speed. And then he's he got 12 games under his belt at high A and was way better there. Uh, so that's, that's a nice way to end the season for him. Um, you know, uh, unlike Kennedy, I think Grissom can provide some defensive value, um, maybe stretched a little bit at shortstop, but I think he could be a guy that is maybe eligible at multiple infield positions every year. Uh, big time line drive guy. You know, I think he actually has a chance to have a plus hit tool. So um, Grissom is going to be trending up on this next update. Um, I'm pretty excited about him. Uh, Atlanta has done pretty well in terms of acquiring uh, prep hitters and, and developing them. So I, I'm, I'm excited about him. I mean, I think he's someone who 
Uh, it's probably rostered in, in most deep dynasty leagues at this point, but there's a chance he might still be out there. Very nice. Then your uh, pick for the Cubs is Nelson Velasquez. Looks like he's played some center this year, some right. There's only one game in left. I think the battle probably play anywhere, but uh, obviously if he's not in center, there's more pressure in right. Do you think he can play center regularly in the big? I mean, he's he's kind of a DH type, ideally. Uh, yeah. Like you mentioned, um, the the bat, it, like his power is off the charts. And I was tempted to mention DJ Hers here for the, the Cubs, a lefty who uh, is probably going to be their top-ranked pitching prospect for me on the next update. I mean, he's had an absolutely awesome breakout season on the pitching side, but I think he's been pretty well discussed uh, elsewhere and on podcasts and stuff. So um, I just I think Nelson Velasquez stands out to me as a guy, you know, kind of like Buddy Kennedy, where he's he's already at Double A. Uh, the power, I mean, I'm looking at the guys we're going to talk about today. Um, I think you could argue, and, and we're going to talk about some guys with some big pop, but I think you could argue Velasquez has more raw power than any of these guys. I mean, he hits absolute no doubters uh, to all fields, but I mean, he can he can really just crush uh, mistakes. He can crush fastballs. Um, the strikeout rate is is the thing to watch with him. Uh, you know, maybe he doesn't make enough contact to be an everyday guy, given the the defensive limitations. Um, but you know, I think where the Cubs are headed as an organization, you know, we've seen guys that were not touted as prospects at all, uh, have success for them over these past couple months since they've really entered that rebuild. And Velasquez has more, um, prospect shine to me than, than guys like Schwindel and, uh, wisdom. So, you know, I think whenever you had a team that's entering a multi-year rebuild, the guys that are really toolsy and have high ceilings that are a double and triple a like Velasquez, they're, they're probably going to get a shot at some point here, especially if the DH comes to the NL. So I, I like the proximity. I like the potential for 35 homers, um, maybe with a lower batting average, but you know, who knows, maybe he's a Framiel Reyes type of guy. Um, so I, I, I think Velasquez is, is the real sleeper in this org. I mean, I think people are pretty well aware of DJ Hers at this point. I know you will not be at first pitch this year, James. We'll, we'll miss you in attendance. Uh, obviously, we'll be wishing you were there when we're all together in Arizona. But the uh, Fall League uh, is going to be underway. I think they just announced what the schedule for it. Do you think uh, Nelson Velasquez is a good candidate? Is he a new guy I could fall in love with and overdraft? Oh, that's, that's an interesting one. I mean, he could be, um, you know, I don't think you got to worry about him. He's not really a redraft candidate for next year, but, yeah. um, that doesn't mean I can't fall in love. Though. You can fall in love. I mean, like, like if you're at a game and, and he gets a hold of one, I mean, I think you will fall in love. Um, if he knocks an outfield wall down like Vlad did a few years ago. Well, like for instance, Brandon Davis is definitely going to go to the fall league if he wants to. Um, like, you know, the, every team gets to send at least one outfielder. Uh, Brandon Davis is by far the Cubs' best prospect. He is the only one of their top prospects who is in the upper levels uh, on the hitting side. So, um, 
Brendan Davis will definitely be there. It's just a matter of whether the Cubs, whether this is the year they want to send Velasquez, maybe they send him after this, this next season. But uh, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. As a Reds fan, James, I desperately need some good news, man. Eight straight series they've dropped. Oh, it's, it's just been painful. Um, can you give me some, some hope with one guy who's maybe underrated or under discussed with this organization? Yeah, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they've got some guys, you know, like I, I was thinking about like Graham Ashcraft is a pretty interesting righty in the upper levels. I think we, we could see him in the big league rotation in a year or two. Uh, Jay Allen, who they took in this this last draft, has been way better than I expected. But uh, I wanted to talk about Carlos Jorge, who is a uh, second baseman. Um, I know how much you love second baseman in the lower levels, but uh, Carlos Jorge was one of the best pure hitters in last year's J2 class. Uh, the fact that he is not a shortstop um, didn't didn't lead to him getting, you know, like a, a $3 million bonus or anything like that. But he's really showed well in the DSL. He just turned 18 years old today. Uh, and he has a walk rate over 12%, strikeout rate under 17%, hitting 356, 444, 578. Uh, the three home runs, you, you love to see that he's got seven double or seven doubles, seven triples, um, the 24 steals on 26 attempts, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's that fast, but you know, at least he is running. Uh, so Carlos Jorge is one of those type of guys where, you know, the hit tool looks like it's got a chance to be pretty special. Uh, he uses the whole field. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see him make his, his stateside debut next year. Uh, it's still going to be, you know, four years or so before he's big league ready. But uh, I like the bat before the season, and he's been even better than I would have expected so far this year. Well, before we move on, let's take a quick break and pay some bills here. We'll be back momentarily. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And now we are back on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Clay Link and James Anderson here. Now, for the Rockies, under-discussed prospect here that you picked out, Adele Amador. I like that name. Uh, shortstop at the lower levels. Why do we need to be talking about Amador some more? No, I didn't mean well, to he, <laughs> Well, he's uh, done really well um, at the complex level this year. You know, a lot of the – a lot of the Rockies 18 year olds go to the DSL, but they sent Amador to uh, complex ball and he's done really well there. Almost as many walks as strikeouts uh, hitting almost 300, you know, a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. He's got a chance to stick at shortstop. He's a switch hitter. So this is his pro debut and he passed the test with flying colors um, it's not a great system. I didn't have a, a ton of guys that I really wanted to talk about here, but we haven't really talked about Amador and he is just inside my top 200. So uh, I thought he deserved a, a shout out. Cool. Next up the Los Angeles Dodgers. Horbit Vivas is your pick here. Uh, second base, third base prospect, uh, 20 years old at, at high A. So what can you tell us about Vivas uh, for the Dodgers? Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of guys to choose from with the Dodgers. Uh, we have, I think we have mentioned Vivas before, but I think Eddie's Leonard has kind of overshadowed Vivas this year in terms of infielders who have really broken out uh, within the Dodgers system. And, you know, people are all excited about Eddie's Leonard's power. But I look at Vivas and, I mean, his his hit tool is is one of the best in the lower levels of the minors, and he – was able to get to power at, at low A as a 20-year-old, which is pretty impressive. Uh, he's just – he's really got a strong foundation offensively. And, um, you know, I don't know exactly where he ends up on the diamond. He, he's probably a guy who moves around a little bit. Uh, with the Dodgers, obviously it's tough for guys like that to break in as everyday players. So we'd welcome a trade, of course, um, sooner rather than later. But – you know, if he if he's carries this over this this ability to hit well above three hundred um, and and get on base at a high clip, if he carries this over at Double A next summer, um, you know, I think he's really gonna force their hand at least to give him a look at some point down the line. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of guys who've gotten a lot of publicity in this system as there always are, but I don't think Beavis has gotten enough love. Your pick for the Marlins is a guy who's already in the bigs and I'm glad you brought him up because you know when Brian De La Cruz first came up he was having some success hitting some some uh, balls really hard but the plate skills really concerned me he was 
He had like 17 strikeouts, only two walks in his first 14 games. But, um, you know, if you hadn't put him in the outline, I wouldn't probably have noticed, you know, how much he's turned it around. And really, he's batting 315. It seems like, you know, the plate skills have uh, sharpened in a hurry here. Well, and the main reason I wanted to talk about him, and he is the guy who has already graduated, who I alluded to, but uh, I wanted to talk about him because when we had our post-trade deadline podcast, I think you we mentioned him in passing, and you were like, "Is is Brian De La Cruz anyone we gotta like be look on the lookout for?" And I was like, I just kind of was like, "No," um, because I just I thought he was an extra outfielder. Uh, you know, I thought he was maybe a maybe a short side platoon guy, and especially with the Marlins, like they've got just a lot of outfield prospects in the upper levels of the minors. I just wasn't sure that De La Cruz was going to get uh, a real look. But uh, not only is he playing every day, but he's hitting right in the middle of that lineup, um, really producing. And I I was lucky enough to add him in some fifteen teamers um, like a month ago, and that's that's really paid off as you alluded to. Uh, and I, you know, I think he's a guy that a lot of stuff sort of checks out to me. Um, he's a, he's a good defender. I think the struggles of some of their other kind of upper level uh, minor league outfielders should allow for De La Cruz to get a nice long leash uh, next year. And um, you know, that, getting the the fourth and fifth outfielder in your 15 team leagues is, is always tough. Um, and I think he's a guy that, you know, well, I don't know where he's going to be going in drafts, but I think there's a decent chance that I'll be interested at the price. Yeah. He was not really, I mean, I obviously when he broke in, I had seen him have some success, but maybe I had written him off a little bit too soon given the uh, early returns with the plate discipline, but good for Brian De La Cruz. Uh, you know, turn it around so, so much. Now, James, I'm jealous of the Brewers player development and just their organization. They just have a tightly run ship. It seems like, and Craig council seems like probably the best manager in baseball. Sounds like they have another good one coming here in Freddie Zamora on the offensive side, a shortstop prospect. Yeah. I mean, there, there's obviously been a lot of breakouts in this system this year and we've, we've covered most of them. Uh, pretty thoroughly uh, but Zamora kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start at low a but uh, he's really turned it on of late you know he's been you know the approach looks really solid uh, he's a guy who's definitely going to stick at shortstop so that that helps you know he's not one of these fringe guys who might have to move to second base or third base so that that should you know, help him uh, carve out a role eventually. And he is a little old. Like that's, that's the thing that we got to keep in mind here. Like he's, he's going to turn 23 in November. So the fact that he still hasn't played a double a, you know, I don't want to get too crazy here, but um, I mean, it's, it's been really impressive to see how much damage he's done over the past couple months. I mean, he's a guy with a little bit of speed. He was starting to tap into power at Miami before, uh, suffering a knee injury uh, before the draft. So um, hopefully maybe next year um, after a, a full off season to really kind of add some strength, he can get to a little bit more power. But uh, whenever you got a, a no doubt shortstop uh, who's flashing some potential offensively, I think it's worth taking note of. 
By the way, I mentioned player development and got me thinking about Kyle Bodie uh, parting ways. I wonder what happened there. I was really surprised to see that. Kyle Bodie and the Reds parting ways. Uh, it seemed like that was a great match, but uh, I wonder if we'll ever find out maybe what went wrong with that uh, business relationship. Well, also, if you, yeah, I would, I would just say like try to pull Eno aside in Arizona, but he could give you the lowdown on that. Yeah, off the record, maybe he can uh, give me give me a tip or two. Um, by the way, I was in uh, offering quite a few by the ways, but when I was in Virginia. I wanted to uh, hop on one of those betting apps because betting is legal there, unlike in Wisconsin, and bet on the Brewers. They're my pick to win the World Series, James. I'm just going to cave and say I think with the pitching they have, they're going to get it done. So I'm going to curse you guys. Don't bring that stink around here. (laughs) I I can't bring any stink on them from afar. I mean, I just think they have a great team. I don't control. I don't control the universe. Um, Alex Ramirez, 18 year old for the Mets. He's your pick for an underdiscussed prospect on the, in that organization. Uh, what can you tell us about this 18 year old outfielder? Yeah, the Mets really had, had three really strong candidates here. Uh, Jose Budo, uh, Carlos Cortez, uh, who are kind of in, in the upper levels, but I wanted to talk about Ramirez because, I think he's he's maybe one of my favorite prospects in baseball who whose numbers don't look that good. Like um obviously, you know, analyzing data and stuff is a big part of how I go about ranking prospects. But Ramirez, you know, he's got a strikeout rate over thirty percent. He was below league average this year, uh, just just slightly. Um just five homers in 76 games. But, uh, you know, he was playing at low A when almost everyone else from his class was playing in the complex leagues. And to be roughly a league average hitter and to flash the power and speed that he did flash, I thought was really impressive. I mean, he's he's the type of guy where, you know, if you watch if you watch some highlights of him hitting home runs, uh, it's really easy to fall in love. You know, he's just got that that perfect baseball frame, uh, 6'3", 170, 175, um, big-time bat speed, really easy bat speed. You know, he, he looks, you know, like if you were just eyeing up guys when they were taking BP, he looks, you know, like a, like a big-time player. And the fact that they jumped him over complex ball, I think, says a lot. The fact that he held his own. I mean, there were other guys who got jumped over who had to get either sent back down or maybe just they they struggled all year. I mean, he didn't really do that. And so, um, you know, he's got a long ways to go. He's got some stuff he's got to work on. But I think Ramirez has a extremely high ceiling for fantasy. And he's one of those guys where, like, if, if everything were to click – like next year, like at high A or something, he's got the type of tools where like he could shoot up inside the top 50 in a hurry. Uh, so we, we got to see him put it all together. There are definitely some, some warning signs with the, the swing and miss, but uh, I think on the whole, uh, given the assignment, I think it's been a really impressive year for Alex Ramirez. Johan Rojas is your pick for the Phillies and just doing some numbers scouting. 
looks like he's mostly struggled for a large portion of the year at Clearwater, but then he got the bump up and just took off. Like, against higher-level competition, he just – something clicked maybe because it's only 17 games, but he's been crushing it since getting the bump up. So um, what can you tell us about Johan Rojas for Philadelphia? Yeah, so he was terrible, uh, like you said. Like he was really pretty bad for, I don't know, the first six weeks or so of the year. Um, but let me just do something really quick here. Um, ba- basically over the last like 50 games. So like even prior to getting, like obviously he had to do something to get that promotion, right? Like if he had uh, been playing poorly, he wouldn't have gotten the bump at all. Um but something has clicked for him even before he got that bump up to high A, and then he's carried it over at high A, and he's he's walking almost as much as he's striking out there in a in a short sample, of course. But um, Rojas is someone who I've been asked about uh, a couple times in the past week or so, like you know why wasn't he on your top four hundred? You know, I mean, it, this is a really bad farm system. And so he's someone who I think got a little bit more hype than he deserved uh, just because there was no one exciting about to talk about in the Phillies org on the hitting side. So, you know, people just defaulted to Rojas because he actually had tools. Uh, but he hadn't really put it all together in terms of his approach and his ability to make contact and, and swing at good pitches uh, until recently. But now that he has you know, the fact that he is a plus runner and the fact that he, he projects to get to average or better power, all of a sudden that does become pretty exciting. So uh, he's already back on my top 400. He's going to probably have an up arrow next to his name, maybe two up arrows on the next update. And, you know, there's, there's a danger in really buying in over such a small sample with a guy like this, but um you know, when you are one of the only exciting players in a really bad farm system, that probably means you're going to get some opportunities one way or another. And so with his tools, it's pretty exciting. We'll pause this conversation real quick as I bring you a quick word. I hope you'll bear with me. And then we'll get back to the uh, the rest of the under-discussed prospects in the National League. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to 500 bucks on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. Also, the summer is coming to an end, which means only one month, well, less than that, until postseason baseball. There's no better place to be than vivid seats to watch your team race towards the postseason, unless you're a Reds fan. So grab your MLB tickets, maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, 
They have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game to see your favorite performer or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Finally, the new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contests now being shark-free. To celebrate the beginning of football season in Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo's giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features $1 million in total prize in prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship Live Finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. All right, James, let's get to these uh, final five teams here in the National League. Matt Frazier. Um, was that a typo in the uh, outline? Is that how Frazier is spelled? No, that's that's how it's spelled. Uh, oh, weird. Never seen that before. F R A I Z E R. Yep. But uh, cool. So what's uh, he's he's twenty three at at double A. But you believe? Yeah, he's in the Pirates system. Uh, left-handed hitter. He is one of the guys who really, really improved uh, his stock during the downtime where we just we didn't see him. He overhauled his swing. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys we're talking about on these shows are a little old for their levels. I mean, if if Matt Frazier was 21 and doing this at high A and double A, we, we probably would talk about him a lot, but uh, he is 23. Uh, but the thing that just really stands out is he's got a, a simple swing. He gets to power to all fields pretty easily. Uh, he's got a little bit of speed. Um, so, you know, the fact that he, he, you know, he had a ton of success at high A, but he was 23. So it's just kind of like, well, you know, he, obviously there's power there. Uh, it's it's impressive when he gets a hold of one, but you know, will he be able to carry that success over at Double A? And the production fell off a little bit, as you'd expect, but it didn't fall off so much that I think he's just like a a flash in the pan. Like I think uh, they've got a legit guy here. Uh, you know, he might be able to profile in multiple outfield spots. Um, and you know, he's six three. He's a big he's a big kid. He's six six three two ten. Uh, so he gets the power pretty easily, um, strikes out a little bit, but it, it's not a crazy amount and, uh, just clearly put in a ton of work, uh, during the, the, the downtime he had, um, certainly wasn't at the alternate side or anything. So he kind of did this all on his own and it's just been really impressive. Um, the, the power to all fields really is what stands out with him. And, uh, you don't want to get too carried away with guys that are this age, uh, with, you know, just a few, you know, 37 games at double A, but um, I think in deeper leagues, he's obviously rostered already, but a guy that, you know, if he shows up next year and 
dominates double A, gets a quick promotion to triple A, like, you know, we could see him in the majors before too long. You name Victor Acosta as a prospect in the Padres organization who's under discussed. 17 years old in the D- Dominican Summer League. Is this a guy that you know dynasty managers need to go out and get as a as a lottery ticket? Well, he's probably already rostered. I mean, this he's one of the two or three better prospects that we're going to talk about on the show. Uh, I just I mostly wanted to bring him up because like, I think this guy's got superstar potential. And so I, I would recommend trying to acquire him in, in off season trades if you can. I mean, he's not, uh, I don't think he's going to cost too much because he did, he never did come stateside. He, he only played in the DSL. So there's always, you know, understandably some, trepidation about fully buying into guys who've only played in the DSL as there should be. Uh, but he was one of the top J2 signees last year. Uh, or, I mean, I guess he signed in, in January, but um, as part of the last year's class. And the, the big thing with him when he signed was like, this is a guy who's going to probably stick at shortstop. You know, he's got a little bit of speed. He might have a good hit tool. Uh, but what really stands out to me about what he did this year is he, he showed he can hit for some power and he's got big time bat speed. He's a switch hitter. He is, he still has a very projectable frame. He's like five eleven, maybe one seventy. but the fact that he's five eleven, one sixty five, one seventy, and he doesn't turn 18 until June like he's got a, a couple of years here to add some really good weight and I don't really see any flaws in the profile right now. So if he adds a little bit of strength and can maintain his speed, I mean, he could be a, a legit five category guy. He could be a guy who moves multiple levels per year. Um, so I think the the Padres, you know, it, it stung obviously trading, Reggie Preciado away in the, in the U Darvish deal, but I think they got another good shortstop on their hands, and he's going to be inside the top 100 at the, on the next update. Now, James, you're going to have to help me with this pronunciation of this Giants player, Ismail. What is it, Mangue? Manguia, Manguia. I I listened to. Gosh, it's I listened to someone pronouncing his name like two hours ago and I've already forgotten <laughs> the perfect way to do the, the last name, but um, That'll he, he is not on the top 400 and I don't even know if he's going to be on the top 400 on the next update or not, but I think he's one of the more fun players in the minor leagues. And he's such a, he's got such a unique profile um as a hitter um that i think it's it's worth talking about him i mean he he's it's not the same thing as like williams estadio or luisa Reyes or um nick madrigal or whoever um but it's it's very very interesting uh he over his last 101 at bats He's hitting 485 with zero walks, four homers, 10 doubles, two triples for a 743 slug. <laughs> so that's that's an 8, 8.7% strikeout rate 
a 485 average, a 485 OBP, and a 743 slug over his last 101 at-bats. Um, it's just a very interesting skill set. I mean, he he's, again, he's old for his level. If he was not old for his level, he would we'd already be talking about him, but he, he's 22, he's at high A. Um, he's got this flair, like, you know, he, he's got a little KBO in him. Like he, he has, I, I saw one. Leg kick. No, it's more kind of, um, you know, like he's almost like there's times when he's like almost running to first as he's making contact, like that type of thing. Oh, um, I see, I see. But he, you know, he makes it work. He's kind of, um, he's like almost like a hitter version of like Johnny Cueto where you just, you never know exactly what the, what the at bat's going to look like, but he's, he's having a ton of success obviously. And uh, just looks like a really fun player to be around a guy you'd want in your clubhouse. Um, you know, who knows? Like he doesn't, I, I haven't obviously scouted his defense, but he doesn't look like he would be a great defender. Um, so, you know, he, he probably does have to hit, quite a bit to get regular playing time with the giants, but um, just such a fascinating profile offensively, the, the ability to make that much contact, do that much damage uh, over a decent sample. I mean, 101 at bats, it's not huge, but I mean, like you, you hit close to 500 with a 750 slug over hundred at bats. That's pretty good. No matter how old you are, what level you are. So uh yeah, I think he's he's very interesting. I mean, a lot of the Giants breakout guys have, have been covered ad nauseum here and elsewhere, so I thought it was a good opportunity to shout out Ishmael Munguia. Nice. Yeah, we'll probably all know how to pronounce that well one day, but the spelling, so you know, is M-U-N-G-U-I-A. By the way, that's, that's an absurd slugging, and I was trying to teach my nephew. I, I told him all about slugging percentage. <laughs> Kids wicked smart, but maybe I should, uh, maybe I overdid it with a seven year old trying to teach him about slugging. Now the Cardinals have won ten straight games. I absolutely hate it, James. I hate it so much. And now it sounds like Nolan Gorman could be a pretty pretty big piece for them as soon as next year. Yeah, obviously Nolan Gorman is a a household name, but um, in the prospect community. Right. Uh, I just didn't think, you know, I didn't think there was anyone else in this org who deserved us to talk about them for two minutes, who we haven't already talked about plenty. And I don't think we've talked about Gorman enough because it's just really, really impressive uh, how much contact he's making. I mean, he's he's not he's not killing it in terms of hard hit rate. Uh at least by our metrics, but he does have 25 homers on the year between double A AA and triple A. And I know that there's, there's an argument that uh, at least the pitching at double A might, might strike out more guys than the pitching at triple A. But I mean, still to, to have a 18.5% strikeout rate at triple A when we know, we know the raw power that Nolan Gorman has uh, I just I never thought this would happen. I didn't think he'd ever strike out below twenty percent at any level ever. Um, so, you know, I don't know how legit it is, just given the <clears throat> massive chasm between AAA and the majors. Uh, but 
you know, I think he deserves more love than, than, than I've given him thus far. And I think they would probably bring him up uh, this year if they had a, a clear spot for him. But, you know, the, another really under talked about player is Edmundo Sosa, who's really been good for them at shortstop. And they, they got to play Tommy Edmund basically at second base. And so, there just really isn't a spot for Gorman to, to get everyday playing time. And I don't think they really want to start his clock to have him be a part-time guy. So uh, we're not going to see him probably till next year, barring an injury to someone. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be in on him in, in redraft leagues next year, but he will be a player for redraft leagues somewhere. I don't know what the price is going to be, but uh, you know, he might be more of a watch list guy than a stash guy, but, uh, depending on what their their roster looks like heading into to opening day, I mean, there might be a spot for him. Yeah, I could see him being a, a player in redraft next year, even if he's not you know, drafted in a lot of leagues. Maybe he's uh, a big fab pickup. Finally, James, for the Nationals, Cole Henry, right-hander, 22 years old at high A. You believe he is under discussed uh, the Nationals fan base. I mean, they just got a World Series title in 2019, but they could use some good news. Aside from Juan Soto, that team's pretty pretty terrible on the field right now. So uh, they got a, a good one in, in Cole Henry on the way. Yeah, you know he. I had him ranked earlier in the year. I didn't. I didn't actually like him coming out of the draft, but um, he missed three months in the middle of the year with elbow with an elbow injury. And once we got to like six weeks missed with the elbow injury, I was pretty much fearing the worst, but very fortunately he has come back. Uh, he came back in late August and across his final 23 innings, uh, six appearances, he had a one five seven ERA 078 whip and 35 Ks to just four walks. So Henry is healthy. He really finished the year strong. And I mean, the, the strikeout to walk really stands out. So that was a guy that I was too low on, I would say, in the, the draft process and a guy who I've basically been too low on to date. And that will be rectified on the next update. But, uh, you know, looks like they really made out well in that uh, that last draft, getting Kate Cavalli and Cole Henry. Hopefully the audio didn't cut out on the pod, but I lost you there very briefly. Do you say he had a, did he have an elbow injury? Yeah. He missed three months in the middle of the year with a, with an elbow injury, which was why he went from being ranked to being unranked, but he came back and just really finished the year uh, in a, in very impressive fashion. Nice. Well, thanks for this list of under discussed prospects in the NL. Go back and check out the AL one last week. If you missed it, and really, thanks for all the great work you do all season. The prospect work you do is invaluable, and you really put in a ton of time every year. Thanks for holding down the fort while I was away. Should we get into our walk-up tracks, or you got anything else to, to mention? No, let's do it. Well, I want to say real quick, my pick last week, and this is my hot take for the week uh, on the hip-hop side, the, the My Life song with Styles P and Pharaoh. I've decided that is a uh, top five hip-hop song of all time, James. Um, the CD edit's only three minutes and ten seconds. There's not an ounce of fat on that song. And I love all, what, I guess it'd be 190 seconds of that song. Even when he shouts out a guy named Howie McDuffie, 
don't know who that is, but I could probably look it up. Probably just some music industry guy. But uh, I do love that song. It's one of my faves. My track for this week is one I mentioned my brother turned me on to, and you're probably going to wear this out over the next week if you listen to it. It's by a guy who I'd never heard of before, but Burner. Do you know who Burner is, James? Burner with an E. B-E-R-N-E-R. So it's Burner and Mozzie. My brother just kind of said it was like a Burner song, but Burner and Mozzie, M-O-Z-Z-Y. The song is just called A, which is A-Y-Y. So just if you're looking for it, just A-Y-Y by Burner, B-E-R-N-E-R. So it's featuring YG and Logic. I got to be honest, I'm still a little iffy on some of the verses, but this is one of the best beats I've heard in a long, long time. So you're going to throw this song on. Burner Mozzie featuring YG and Logic. Logic A. I maybe. A-Y-Y. <laughs> I guess it'd be I. But um, you'll be uh, a fan of this song, I think, James, if you listen to it. Nice. I'm glad that you brought in uh, something from this decade. That's, <laughs> Or maybe not this decade, but maybe just the last... The last 10 years. The last, the last decade. Yeah. Yeah. I... Um, very much stuck in my ways when it comes to rap music. And I was also surprised you, you told me before the show that you were going to have uh, one that was released like a couple of years ago. I was expecting it to be off of like Raekwon's last album or something like that. So. Oh yeah, so I'm a well-established guy. But no, my brother played me this in the car and I was pretty blown away. So I guess it's, yeah, A, A-Y-Y. So make up so A, A. Um, but yeah, just A-Y-Y, search for it. And uh, be blown away by one of the better beats I've heard in a long time. What you got this week? <sighs> well, I have. I'm trying to narrow it down. Got to got to clear the got to clear the queue with only two episodes to go. Um, yeah, man. I I was listening to this the Spotify playlist on the trip. It's it's pretty epic, man. Thanks, by the way, to Andrew Redding for culture. So, so finish, uh, finish it strong. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Beanie Mac Bitch by Beanie Siegel. I love it. Um, Ray beat one of the really simple beats, but it's just perfect. Yeah, had to get some Beanie Siegel on here. Um, yeah. Don't think I'd put any on yet. So uh, that that one's. Uh, I mean, he's got a lot of good, like, slower songs, but this one is certainly uh, at-bat quality. So, um, easy call. I'm going to – that was a, that was an easy call. I've got three that I'm debating between for, for la next week, but uh, it's good to just get that one in there. You've talked about how that song with Jay-Z, Do It Again, Put Your Hands Up. Remember that song? It's like, Matt, come through in the club tip. That's just yeah, one I don't of the like, all-time great edited songs. Like, I don't really funnier. like that song. No? No. I guess I don't, I don't really I don't like know. the Mills part, but I like I like Beanie and Jay's verse quite a bit. But I would just, like, the radio edit's hilarious how much they cut out. And I remember Mac, bitch, they, uh, they had to cut out <laughs> too. They had to really censor Beanie a lot for, for the radio, which is understandable. <laughs> well, thanks, James. Great stuff, as always. And, uh, talk next week okay yep, hope you all will join us on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast sponsored by WinBet
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.